Have you ever had those moments of feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I am capable of dealing with, or I can't, or the thought goes, I don't, I really don't know how I'm going to get through those thoughts, right? All of us at some point have had those thoughts, those moments where we are facing a situation where we're dealing with, with things and we don't feel like we have the ability to respond. We don't have the ability to fix. We don't have the ability to move forward. And here in that discussion, right, the discussion today is changed heart, which means something about our abilities and how do they begin to change our lives. And so for us today, we are going to be looking at what does it mean for us to have a changed heart new abilities, abilities maybe we didn't even realize, how do we get those abilities, and then how does that begin to change our lives? So for today, we're going to look at the book of Hebrews, and specifically Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews is a complex, sometimes convoluted book. It's often popular with theologians, with those who are doing some deep studies into understanding God, understanding, okay, what does it mean if we say this about Jesus? And Hebrews is one of those books that relies heavily upon an understanding of the Hebrew scriptures, of the stories from Judaism, of the rituals. And it, we don't really know who wrote Hebrews, but it seems that whoever did had a real command of the Hebrew scriptures, understood Jewish rituals, but also was very aware of the Septuagint, which is the Greek Old Testament, the Greek Hebrew scriptures that got translated in the 300s. So there's a whole lot here going on, but what does it have to do with us today? What does Hebrews help us with understanding our abilities, understanding maybe abilities we didn't know we had? How do we figure that out so that our lives can be changed? Changed heart, changed lives, and how are our, our, how are our abilities playing in making that kind of happen? So for today, we're going to start in Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 4. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. The elders in the past were approved because they showed faith. By faith, we understand that the universe has been created by a word from God, so that the visible came into existence from the invisible. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain, which showed that he was righteous, since God gave approval of him for his gift. Though he died, he's still speaking through faith. All right, so this gift of faith, this ability of faith, and it is one ability because it actually gives life to many more. So if we understand a little bit of something about what is faith, it can then begin to help us understand all of the other abilities that come from having that one. I remember growing up and I would ask this question about, so what is faith? And nobody could really answer it well. Sometimes it was, they would just be like, well, you just got to believe. And I'd be like, wait, what? 
or sometimes I would get back, um, it's not okay to question. We have got to question. And it is okay for doubt. It is okay for those things because only when we are questioning and doubting can we begin to get a little deeper. And so here we're getting a sense, a little piece of what faith is, what this ability is that Hebrews is talking about. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. That there are times where it's like, okay, all right, I'm going to have confidence that something, that something, there is a possibility for a different way, for a different way of living, for a different way of maneuvering, for a possibility. And so faith is a possibility. And then with this uh, message of the visible came into existence from the invisible. What was thought to be impossible became possible. So faith is leaving space for the impossible to become possible. Think about that for a second. We've seen that throughout history of when what we thought was impossible became possible and it changed people's lives. Faith is. And then this example the writer gives of Abel, right? Abel offered a better sacrifice to God than Cain. All right, so we have to know a little bit of that story in Genesis. Cain offers a sacrifice from the land. Abel offers sacrifice from his flocks. Abel's sacrifice is pleasing to God. Cain, and so Abel is admonished, is said, God says, hey, good job, Abel. And Cain gets angry and jealous. And God's response to Cain is like, hey, you like weren't even trying. Like you were not bringing your best. Like you were just kind of like flying by, be like, yeah, I'll just throw something together. It doesn't really matter. And Abel's like, no, this matters. What I choose to give of myself, what I choose to give of my work really does matter to God. Abel understood that he mattered. And that kind of response, that kind of understanding led Cain to jealousy, anger, and he kills his brother, Abel. And hear this line of, though he died, he's still speaking through faith. That even though Abel died, and that was a tragedy, and that was, that's one of those stories of, you know, you got to be careful with jealousy and anger. Really awful things can happen. But it's also a story of going, okay, our faith really does matter. What we give of ourselves, what we do in this life actually matters. When we think no one cares, when we don't think God cares, Abel's story is saying, no, it really does matter. You matter this day. What you choose to do, the decisions that you make, the actions, your words really do matter in this world. And so faith is this recognition of mattering. Continuing on in verses 23 through 26. By faith, Moses was hidden by his parents for three months when he was born. Because they saw that the child was beautiful and they weren't afraid of the king's orders. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
when he was grown up. He chose to be mistreated with God's people instead of having the temporary pleasures of sin. He thought the abuses he suffered for Christ were more valuable than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking forward to the reward. All right, so beginning right there, by faith Moses was hidden by his parents. His parents valued life. They, they valued that even in the midst of Pharaoh's anger, they valued life so much of making sure this child lived that they were willing to stand against, they were willing to take a stand against that anger. So they were making a really difficult decision based upon their value, based upon their value of how they are valuing life in this moment. And so for ourselves, of thinking about that, of our faith can happen, our faith happens when we choose to make a really difficult decision, when we are valuing life, when we are valuing God in our lives, even though others may be coming at us. And then Moses this story of Moses begins, and we learn something else about faith, about what it gives the ability to do, that Moses is going to make a choice, and this choice is he could have lived comfortably in Egypt as Pharaoh's child, as Pharaoh's daughter's child, and he chooses to go with the people. He chooses to be with others. He says, you know what? The way Pharaoh is treating you is wrong. You are being mistreated. And so his faith is in doing the right thing. His faith is in what's possible when you choose to do the right thing. It's that recognition, that recognition here that something amazing is possible, that they can move forward. Things in Egypt weren't good for the people. And Moses says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you guys. I'm going to be with the community. Pharaoh is angry against you all, but I am going to be with you. And we are going to keep moving on forward. And so we get that in the very next lines. Verses 27 through 31. By faith, he left Egypt without being afraid of the king's anger. He kept on going as if he could see what is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood in order that the destroyer could not touch their firstborn children. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as if they were on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried it, they were drowned. By faith, Jericho's walls fell after the people marched around for them for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute wasn't killed with the disobedient because she welcomed the spies in peace. All right, think of, like it's hitting on all these stories that are connected to Moses about what faith has enabled them to do. So the ability of faith, which doesn't mean we're going to get it perfect all the time. Sometimes we really screw that up. Sometimes we put our faith, our trust in things we shouldn't. And here it's showing us, okay, here's what happens when we are trying to get connected to God, to living God's ways, to being connected to one another and going, okay, what are we building our life upon? If we're building our life upon a faith, 
a trust, a confidence, an ability that says what we do matters in this world, that we recognize the value of life amongst us, that we are really trying to uh, be with one another, to take a stand with one another, that here something amazing kind of happens, that ability of faith gives way to taking, being able to take a risk. Faith is taking a risk. And each of these moments, they are taking a risk. They are taking a risk in leaving Egypt. They are taking a risk in crossing the sea. Rahab takes the risk of hiding the spies. And so faith is taking a risk, taking a risk in the decisions that we make, the decisions that really do matter, that where we're trying to choose good, where we're trying to choose what's not just best for ourselves, but best for others, where we're trying to build community and bring one another together, it really does matter and it takes a risk. So often we have to take a risk. And so that ability of being able to do that that ability of going, wait a minute, what's best for everybody, not just me, not just myself, begins to not only change our lives, but begins to change people's lives around us. Rahab hid those spies in peace. She didn't have to do that. She took a risk, and so many more lives were saved. She took that risk. Faith is a risk. Continuing on in verses 32 through 35. What more can I say? I would run out of time if I told you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Though through faith they conquered kingdoms, brought about justice, realized promises, shut the mouths of lions, put out raging fires, escaped from the edge of the sword, found strength in weakness were mighty in war and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they could gain a better resurrection. All right, so here the writer just starts rattling off because the point of Hebrews is meant to strengthen and encourage, to go, hey, wait a minute, look back in all of these ways. Here's what they were given when they were like, okay, I'm ready to take the risk. Okay, I think I have confidence in, or at least I've got confidence in making a decision that's connected to God, that I'm going to take that risk and trust that what I do matters to God, that all of a sudden, all these abilities pop up. They're able to do all of these things that they thought impossible. Faith is moving from the impossible to possible. And then there's this interesting line right here. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Others were tortured and refused to be released so they could gain a better resurrection. And it's like, wait a minute, a resurrection? Like, what are we talking about here? And in this moment, what the writer is trying to get them to think about is how when people live into their faith, 
that is connected to God, that is connected to the community, that is connected to one another, when they're willing to take that risk and live into those new abilities, willing to go, okay, what what do I have to do to bring about good in this situation? What do I have to do that really does matter to one another, to God, that then it lives beyond our lifespan that sense of resurrection, that it goes beyond the lifespan and encourages each other. It lives on in ways we could have never expected. We keep telling the stories. And it's important to remember that this story in Hebrews of looking back at all of the different stories from Hebrew scripture are part of our story. Each and every one of us. It meant to draw strength upon, meant to be encouraged by. And so for us to begin to think, okay, how can I solidify my faith? How can I solidify my faith in new possibilities, in abilities? Maybe I didn't know I had to respond to the situations we find ourselves facing. All of us face situations every single day. Sometimes they are challenging. Sometimes they are amazing. Sometimes they're kind of, and sometimes we're just shaking our head going, I, I really just need to go in the different direction. And here, what ability have we been given by God to face the situation at hand? That the generations of past are going, you can do it. I know it's hard. It may not end the way we want it to, but we're with you. We are with you because what you do, the choices you make really ultimately do matter. Finishing up in verses 36 through 40. But others experienced public shame by being taunted and whipped. They were even put in chains and in prison. They were stoned to death. They were cut in two and they died by being murdered with swords. They went around wearing the skins of sheep and goats, needy, oppressed, and mistreated. The world didn't deserve them. They wandered around in deserts, mountains, caves, and holes in the ground. All these people didn't receive what was promised, though they were given approval for their faith. God provided something better for us so they wouldn't be made perfect without us. Faith is being honest. Faith is being honest that what we want, that even though we may be making the decisions that are best, not just for ourselves, but for the community around us, that even though we may be taking those risks, that maybe even if we have placed our confidence in a God who says, you really do matter, your decisions do matter, that it doesn't mean we're going to get the result we want. Some really horrific things have happened throughout history. Maybe even as you're thinking about what's happened in your own life, things that are wrong. And you go, man, I've had this faith in God of trying to live into God's ways, having a confidence of living into God's ways, of, of trusting in those, of trying to be like, okay, what are the teachings of Jesus? What is Jesus trying to teach us in this moment? And still, it doesn't go the way you want it. And maybe there are circumstances that are horrific. And here, 
these last words from the writer are about the fact that even in our darkest of moments, that even in our darkest of moments, God has not left us. We are not unloved. We are loved. In our darkest, most challenging moments where the result may not be what we want, what we desire, that we are still loved by God. And then this final line of God provided something better for us so they wouldn't be made perfect without us, that we are all in this together. We are all in this as a community, that we are not separated from one another in the challenges that we face, that we really do matter that our decisions really do matter throughout. It's kind of like previously where that was, there was that weird line about Moses and he suffered for Christ, were more valuable than these treasures of Egypt. And go, wait a minute, Moses didn't know Christ. Moses is like at least 1,200 years before Jesus. And so what does that exactly mean? It means that Moses embodied some of the teachings of Jesus, just like he showed up with the community. Even though they were ridiculous a lot of the times, there was a whole lot of complaining, they were always angry. He was like, no, I am on this journey with you. I am bringing you together and we are moving forward in this world. And so these last lines of Hebrews that we read where it's like, wait a minute, God provided something better for us so they wouldn't be made perfect without us. This sense of we are all in it together. Those who are in their darkest of days, those who are rejoicing, those who are living well, those who are like, I can't anymore, those who feel incapable and I can't of going, no, no, we are all in this together. We are all meant to encourage one another. We have been given the ability by God to encourage one another this day. Whatever we're facing, whatever ability you're like, I don't, I don't know if I've got it to get through, of knowing that we are in it together and to begin to ask for help, begin to be able to say, I can help, begin to say, you know what, I can, there's not much I can do, but listen, I can sit with you, I can be present with you, I can try to be that encouragement, that sense of faith is here. Faith is being present. Faith is recognizing that we are not alone, that God never abandons us. Faith is knowing, a feeling it in our bones that we are loved and that we matter. And that when we feel that, when we experience that, we begin to change our lives. We begin to respond to the world around us a little differently. We try to move forward in new ways and we're willing to take some risks that need to happen. And so how will we allow these words of Hebrews to challenge us this day, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to know that we are not alone? How will we begin to think about our faith giving us so many other abilities so that we are able to move from changed heart to changed life. Amen.